Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday morning and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, good morning. It's always fun talking and and man, got some good ones today. Yeah, good morning, Wayne. Happy to be here. Glad to be back. Good times, good times. Um, Three topics today. Uh, Tennessee plays Kentucky tonight, so of course got to talk about the Vols and the Cats up in Lexington at Rupp Arena. Uh, the the biggest stadium attached to a strip mall. Do you know that? No, it doesn't either. surprise me either. Though. I didn't either. Uh, but uh, it, it is it is somewhat. It looks like a convention center. I drove by it one time, uh, waved at it in a in a one finger hand gesture, and then kept on driving. Number one. Yeah, number totally. One. It was it was complimentary. <laughs> but uh, anyway, talk Tennessee and the Cats, and then we're going to talk XFL Week Four in the books, Week Five upcoming. And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit of a conversation that's been been had here in the last week or so as Zion and LeBron James have matched up a couple times to this point. Both Laker victories, but Zion and, and LeBron, the matchup that is, has kind of superseded that, that conversation. So we'll dive into, is Zion the next LeBron or is there other opinions? I, I think there's a little bit of both, uh, and we'll talk about that as the 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 morning kind of grinds on but let's start with the xfl xfl week number four saw on saturday the la wildcats and the new york guardians new york guardians uh has was a team that that kind of came out hot week number one got the win and then kind of fell on rough times there and, and and this past week uh luis perez uh started for for the guardians and actually uh, had a pretty nice game for them, and and the Guardians get the win, seventeen to fourteen, over a charging LA Wildcats team. I think I think LA's found a little something, something. They know who they are now. I'll yeah. say that. A lot of these teams are starting to settle down. I think you're right. I think they're finding out who they are. I think you're you're seeing less of the oh crap. We have to put another quarterback in because our starting quarterback doesn't know what he's doing. You know <laughs> Yeah, they're like, Yeah, he really wasn't that good, was he? No. And and you're seeing less of that. You're seeing one quarterback throughout the game. You're you're seeing less turnovers. I think everyone is settling down. I think they're figuring out what they can do, what they're capable of, and th- that's what's gonna make some of these games really close, including this one, you know, it was a field goal difference. So, you know, I that's going to be exciting to see, especially as we start getting closer to the playoffs. This game was really weird because if, if you look at the dynamic, it was the tale of two different teams as far as offensively. L.A. came into it really wanting to sling it, and, and their leading rusher had five attempts for 25 yards. They, they weren't interested very much in running the football. And their next guy, their next leading rusher, Whitfield, one carry, five yards. You know, to me, that's – I think that goes back to looking at what are we capable of? Do we even think we can run the ball? Can we? Nah. Okay, throw it a lot. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you know Johnson for the quarterback for the Wildcats. It's it's more in his prowess to sling it a little bit. He he's pretty good at it. Twenty five of forty for for three hundred twenty five yards. 
But but it's one of those deals, two touchdowns and a pick, it's one of those deals you have to be able to run the football. And I know with the continuous running clock, there's less clock management system out there. You know what I'm saying? You can kind of do what you want to do. But at the same rate, I, I think, you know, if there's any defense whatsoever on the other side of the field, they'll figure that out. Well, and and there is still a dynamic to running the ball as well because if you've not ran the ball all game and then you get into the two minutes where the clock does stop for them to set the ball and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we need to run this clock out and you start trying to run, yeah, you, you've that that ship has sailed. They're, yeah, you get like one good play out of yeah. it and it's like, no. You're not they, they know what you're doing. Well, the fact is, is if you're not running it, there's a reason you're not running it. You don't feel like you're good at it yep. either. And so the defense knows, hey, they don't run it for a reason. Let's yep. just clog up the holes and see what happens. Exactly. And you've got a good way of doing it. But McBride, their leading receiver, he had 12, ca- 12 targets, eight receptions for 127 yards, long of 44. So, so really, L.A. was trying to dink and dunk this thing out and nearly did it. But on the flip side of things, you saw New York really try to manage the clock uh, Victor for for them had 18 carries, 82 yards, and then Cook had eight carries for 32 yards. Just kind of really handled that situation. Their leading receiver had five catches for 34 yards. They had two of those guys. One had three catches for 34. One had five catches for 34. But here's the deal. I think Luis Perez is a really he's a cool story. You know, I was telling you at the break, it must be something with black jerseys. He has to play for the team that has black jerseys because he played for the Birmingham Iron. In the uh, AAF, the Alliance of American Football. I don't know why that that acronym escaped me for a minute, but he was really good there. He's kind of he's kind of a systematic guy. He wore the all black unis for the Iron, and and he I told you at the break he looks like Kylo Ren, and you <laughs> you actually knew the actor's name. So, uh, but he's a good quarterback. He's one of those guys that can sling it, and I think he's got a Kurt Warner esque story. Where he was like packing groceries about you know six months ago, well not six months ago because I guess he was playing in the AAF six months ago. Yeah, he just had an in between job, in between yeah. football job, a tweener. Yeah, he's a tweener. But uh, nonetheless, New York gets the victory over LA seventeen to fourteen, and the Guardians are a team uh, that that have one of those NFL stadiums. And I thought it was it was kind of interesting. It's kind of what we talked about. They had several people there, but it didn't look like it. See, they. Uh, this is one thing that drives me nuts: is they have to know what what they're dealing with here. You can't stick this league in an NFL stadium right now. Uh, they just you don't have the base. I just I just wonder what the school of thought is, you know? Because some of you know where we're at, we're like you know, put it in a soccer stadium, put it in a. I mean, heck, if you're in Texas, put it in one of the big high school stadiums. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You can get ten, fifteen thousand people in there and pack it right, and and give it a really good atmosphere. But then there's also the school of thought that you know, if you want to be big, you got to act big right now. And maybe MetLife, and maybe Raymond James, and maybe uh, CenturyLink out there in Seattle. Maybe they said, "Listen, you know, we ain't doing nothing with it. If you'll give us X number of dollars, you know, we'll put it in there." You know, it, if they're gonna do it. At least they're doing it in a city that you could drum up that many people. I mean, New York's, you know. Yeah, they uh, get you about something all the time. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it's either that or pizza right now, I'm pretty sure. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, baseball's getting started, but, I mean, the Yankees are banged up, the Mets are the Mets, and, yeah. The Astros are getting thrown at. Yeah, right. Yeah, what about that? Ding. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, have you seen that little thing? I, I shared it the other day. 
It was a, a kid with like bubble wrap all yes. over him. It says yes. Astros new batting uniforms. <laughs> yeah, that's what they get. Necessary, maybe necessary. <laughs> I'd see. I'd like to see him with one of those. You know, those little kid helmets that's got the little face card. Come to the play. Oh yes, they need those. They do need those. Yeah. I think it's good. Or a racing helmet, full face. Yeah, with the air conditioner. <laughs> Backpack style. I mean, it is in Houston. Backpack style. <laughs> Uh, the next game, Seattle Dragons headed to St. Louis to the Battle Hawks. The Battle Hawks hold down the home turf, get the victory twenty-six to six or twenty-three to sixteen. Uh, it was interesting because you look at it. We were talking about people settling down. Maybe Seattle's not in that camp. They run no. three quarterbacks out there. Yeah, that that's a lot of instability. I will say though, this one guy. Oh, that's Ke- Keenan Reynolds or whatever. He was that guy that. Uh, I think he played for either Navy or Air Force, and then went and did his service, and now he's back. But uh, he was he was just one uh, one of two for fifty or, or for one yard. So maybe he didn't have a ton of time. He got half of his passes. Hey, hey he's like John Fulkerson at the three point <laughs> line, man. He can get him in. But anyway, uh, looked like instability there led to, to some change and, and some problems. But but maybe one of the more balanced uh, scenarios in this game. Uh, both teams had had a pretty even keel system as far as running and passing uh, in this matchup. Their leading receiver had 57 yards. Their leading rusher for Seattle had 84 yards. And then on the Battlehawk side of things, Tamu was their leading rusher with 63 yards. And then the leading receiver had 71 yards. So to me, it, it doesn't get much more balanced than that. No, and I think that's right now, that's the best hand you can show. Because you don't want teams having any idea what you're really good at. Because, I mean, then they can prep for that. If you walk in and you're balanced and you're doing that well, I think that will open the door up to some surprise later on. Maybe you get a trick play or, you know, a double reverse or something that they didn't expect. But what about Jordan Tamu? Like, to me, he's probably dark horse like player of the year. I mean, I know a lot of times P.J. Walker's getting all the love because they're winning and, and because they're doing all those great things. But you look at it, Seattle's got one loss to the Roughnecks. Yeah. And Tamu just let – he completed 74% of his passes and was the leading rusher. That's pretty awesome. I mean, he's he's got a dynamic that I think is – I don't want to say getting overshadowed because, I, I mean, I don't think they're doing that because, I mean, they're leading their division. But at the same rate – um, you just don't see the, the, the hoopla about him that you do about P.J. Walker. But I, I think he's having every bit of as good of a season yeah. as far as managing his team. I think because of how early they played and you get that loss, now it's shaping up for a really good rematch, if they rematch. Maybe in the playoffs. I yeah, know. I was going to say that they're in opposite divisions. So given our, our plan. I don't yeah, the way we work. talked about it, that may be the playoffs than when they see each other. But that's a good thing, you know. I mean, there's only going to be four of these teams that advance. I mean, if they, even if they they stump their toe one time in conference, I mean, the good thing is their division is a little lighter. Yeah, uh, it's basically them, and then there's a lot of people with two losses at the point. So, um, but I like the Saturday slate. What what I've enjoyed about the XFL is, and and maybe you could say, maybe you could say C- Seattle, or even even maybe. Uh, um, Tampa Bay is this but in this league because there's not so many teams 
you don't have a Cleveland Browns. You don't no. have a Cincinnati Bengals. You don't have a insert bad team here. You you know what I'm saying? And and I think there's teams that have had off weeks, but at the at the end of the day, I don't know, but there's been one, maybe one shutout. I mean, we're about to talk about it. I think there's only been maybe one or two shutouts, period. Yeah. And and I think part of that too is we've not had the history to say they're going to be the Cleveland Browns. So you don't have that mindset going in that, well, we're the crap team, so let's play like crap. You don't have that. Everybody's going out there thinking, no, we can turn this around. We've only lost one game or we've only lost two games. You know, we, we can get better. Well, and and the thing is, that's that's exactly the point. I mean, look at the Wildcats. If I was – after week two, when they were pretty atrocious, I would have put them right in that mix like, this is a bad team. This is Norm Chow. This is – this is California. Got better things to do. Football. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they've kind of turned it around and, and kind of they've kind of got in where they're going to fit in, and then now they're they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to put the pieces together and actually doing a pretty good job. Honestly, the Guardians just had more time. I mean, if you give if you give the 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 Wildcats another possession, I don't know that they don't come down and win that game. I think you're right. But you you know I, that's what I like about this league. And Saturday gave you that. It gave you the – I don't really know who's going to win right here. L.A. had a chance to get it there in New York. And then uh, uh, Seattle uh, could have uh, – I mean, Seattle needed a lot more to take care of St. Louis. St. Louis played really good. St. Louis uh, is a good team. If they had a better defense, they would be unstoppable. Yeah. The problem is is Tamu's got to go out there and score because their their defense will give up the the 15 to 20 variety about every week so uh but i i thought it was good i was happy because i picked both the the saturday games right i was pretty stoked about that uh and uh and then we headed to sunday sunday i was a little less sure about it was funny i don't know if you you listened there last friday so saturday i picked both home teams and then on sunday i picked both road teams those are good picks i was like that's awkward I almost changed it just because I wasn't going to change the, the, of course, the first game as we're going to talk about here in a second. But I thought about changing it to the second one. I'm like, there's no way I can pick Tampa Bay. No. And then what happened? Oh yeah. Which they did look terrible. Like if DC would have even laced their cleats up, they'd, they'd, have, they'd have beat them. <laughs> but it was terrible. But anyway, four o'clock game. And what do you think about this time on Sunday? Like they're well, moving it back and back and back. I I kind of panicked a little bit because customarily Sunday had been a three and three and six start time Uh and I was trying to get back to the house thinking crap 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 I'm gonna miss this game and then I checked it real quick and I was like oh wait they started four oh all right that's that's different but it works out for me so yeah and I don't really get it Uh, I mean I'm trying to which again you know of course I always think in East Tennessee sports I'm like oh starting at four because the Lady Vols play at three well, it's probably not it. I'm thinking it's not it. I'm thinking they're they're hedging their bets right now. And, and what I say when I when I mean when I say that is, I think they're looking at what they're competing with. You know, I, I'm trying to think. There was a NASCAR race mm-hmm. Sunday. They get started at two or three. Yeah. So it customarily NASCAR, depending on where what time zone they're in, you know, they'll set their race back. You know, wh- whichever direction. And the other thing too was, I think that first game was on Fox Sports One. So. It 
they have to look at what they're working with. If they're competing with something on Fox, which like a race, you know, that might True. that might be competition that they don't want. So they'll, they'll you know kick it back a little bit. Um, and that's just a guess. That's just something. I, that, yeah. Well, and I think they're playing they're playing it around a little bit. Honestly, I don't know that they're actually doing it week to week as much as they're saying, okay, we'll start this week at three and six. Okay, here's our ratings. Next week, four and seven. They either went down or they went up. Right. Oh, good. Let's lock it in right there. Because here's the thing, and I don't know that there's a way around it because it just is the time of season that you're trying to to mm-hmm. market March Madness. Oh yeah, they've got to see what they're going to have to, how they're going to have to put these things to where they just don't lose the the farm, you know? Because it, it's as as fun as it is and as interesting as it is. Yeah, you may be able to get me on on the thir- round of thirty two and Sweet Sixteen weekend, but when it comes to Elite Eight Final Four weekend, I may watch it on my phone. But yeah. I'm watching I'm watching basketball. I want to see what's going on. So I think they're they're trying to find a good time, and and the good thing about it is. Uh, is a lot of days like, you know, early on are kind of reserved. They'll let them be the pro days or whatever. So I think they're trying to market their best their best timing to get the most out of right now because they may lose some uh, on the back end. Smart. Yeah. It's good thinking, good tinking. But, yeah, you're right. Fox Sports 1 hosted uh, the first game on Sunday. The Houston Roughnecks headed to the Dallas Renegades. It was, it was not only a good game for us to talk about, but it was also – it was a battle of, of who's going to be really good in that in that division because those two teams are definitely the cream, and then the I other so. two kind of chill. I mean, they just kind of sit there. So if you look at it, it was a game of of which team's going to show up. Is it go, is the Houston Roughnecks going to be able to hold on to it? Because in the rest of the league, everybody's had that off game. Dallas has had that off game. DC's had that off game. St. Louis lost to Houston, and they didn't look good that day. So the question was, is was Houston going to fold this deal? Was Dallas's defense going to be able to do something to hold down P.J. Walker? Or was Houston going to be the machine that they looked to be? And the latter kind of showed up. Yes. Houston's a, Houston's a machine. I mean, they really are. The, the metal look on the helmet is because they're working it that way. Yeah, so Houston, they're – we we talked about these teams that are still kind of looking for themselves, you know. And and I think Houston, they're past that. They they're so far past figuring out what they've got. They 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 clicked early. They know what they have and they they're running with it. And and it's I mean, like you said, they're just a machine barring some kind of absolute fold or somebody showing up just plays out of their mind. I don't see them losing. So, and and I like Houston. And again, Jeff gives me a hard time. Full disclosure, <laughs> Jeff gives me a hard time because he's like, "You waited till they were two and zero or three and zero to pick them." I'm like, "They were in the list the whole time, just because their uniforms look like the Washington Senate. They had a share of fandom. Yeah, they had a third. They have always been at thirty three percent. Jeff, it just grew from there. But um, it's like I didn't mean to go down this way. But anyway, the Roughnecks, my team. You like it? You like it? I've liked them ever since the beginning. The Washington Sentinels. Yeah, pretty team. much, pretty much. If they had a brick kicker that would smoke and flip one, <laughs> uh, flip one out, I'd it'd just be all over. But Houston begs the question, or makes the league beg the question: PJ Walker should should people be looking at other dual threat quarterbacks that's that don't really have the the fit to go to the NFL? 
to build this league on. And you know, I hope you know where I'm going with this. Who would be a super dynamic quarterback that's sitting there holding a clipboard in a in a Floridian state uh, that could possibly come in and change one of these leagues? Um, holding a clipboard in Florida. He used to hold a clipboard in Pittsburgh for the Steelers. Oh, you're talking about Dobbs. J. Dobbs. Astro yeah. Dobbs. Man, is he not P.J. Walker? I think he's a smarter P.J. Walker. Well, I mean, I mean but, but what I'm saying is you look at you look at how Dobbs used to chew up defenses. I mean, Florida, anybody. Florida had had nine and ten guys going to the league, and he, he wouldn't look fast. It didn't necessarily look pretty, but he could win. What I'm saying is, is P.J. Walker's the difference for Houston. Oh, yeah. Like, if he gets dinged up, if he goes all Landry Jones on him, like, it's over. Like, he's the dynamic that changes this team because you don't look at Houston. They are a machine, and they do a lot of things well. But what's an easy button? Oh, yeah. Give it to P.J. Yeah. You know, he's in the rushing category. He's 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 pretty efficient passer. This league has the opportunity to have a place for that kind of player. You know, I don't know that this is going to be your Tom Brady league. This isn't going to be your, your, your Drew Brees drop-back passer. But it could be – a guy with a good arm could be great in this league. It makes me wonder what he would make as a backup in Jacksonville versus a starter in the XFL. Oh, he's making way more in Jacksonville. But it's it's all about, you know, does he want to play? Right. And, and maybe he doesn't. I mean, you know, that NFL platform is something, you know, at least stay in there five years, get that retirement package going. But uh, that's where I'd put him. Tampa Bay. Just go right up the road. Yeah. I mean, I'd hate to see him in nasty-looking uniforms. But I'm just – You don't like the green? It's just bright. It is I mean, when you have LASIK, they start peeling on your eye, and and glare's a bad thing. And I'm I'm just looking at them like – I'm like, I'm adjusting the TV. I've got cataracts. What do I need to do? Watch the Tampa Bay Vipers. I'm adjusting the TV. I don't know. No, if if I could put him anywhere, like it would be Houston because he would be a killer backup – for that situation. Like, if the league ever, like, lets Dobbs go, he needs to check this league out. Just because – just play. Yeah. Just play. You'll make you'll make nearly what you made at Tennessee, and it's just fine. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't think – yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't think Jacksonville would ever let him go. Um, because, you know, you've got Gardner Minshew, who's – I wouldn't exactly say he's – Proven, I bet I can throw that football over the mountains. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, Dobbs has been in the league a couple years, so he's seen some things. Not I, to much, me, but to me, if you can keep him out of backup role and he's cool with that with that money, you got an extra coach. Because agreed. Because there was people that told me, I mean, as far as work ethic, film breakdown, this guy's ridiculous. Yeah. So, and, and from the quarterback position, he sees things different, and he can do. He played in the Southeastern Conference. I think that means a lot, but. uh a little shout out to Chris Hips says he's listening in today. Uh, hope he's liking the XFL and if he'll stick on for just a minute, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, NBA. So he'll he'll get the uh, the the diamond edition because we don't talk NBA a lot. So not really. But 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 anyway, yeah, Gardner Minshew, he's kind of the he's the slinger, and Dobbs can get him in the right spot. And I, I think it's a pretty good dynamic because yeah, even if if Minshew gets hurt, Dobbs is probably. He's he's as as efficient as Minshew. Minshew's just a little bit more, like I said, gunslinger. Yeah. But uh, 
But no, I just that totally just hit me like right then. You know, PJ Walker, what he's able to do because you go back and and some of those Florida games that we just couldn't close out. Dobbs was a monster. Dobbs was one of those to where yeah, you might have that tight end covered. Yeah, you may have Callaway or one of those guys or not Callaway, but his big receivers covered down down low. But you don't account for Dobbs, you're still beat. Right. You're still beat. And I think that's what P.J. Walker does for Houston. We talked about the second half. Uh, Dallas did make their comeback, did do some things uh, after Landry Jones got hurt. But the problem is, is Houston does parlay a really nice defense. They do. with with, And they're opportunistic. Like, you talk about great defense, and I love some lockdown defense where you can't do anything. But I also like that one that gives you just enough rope and then yanks it out from under you. That's exactly what they did. Just enough rope and yank it out. Because here's the thing. They'll let you – like, you'll go 30-30 to all day on Houston's defense. You ain't going much farther. No. They'll pick you off. They'll make you fumble it. They hit you really hard. And the thing is, is they're not real showy. I mean, it's just hit you, get up, go back to the locker. Go back to the huddle. Hit you, go back to the huddle. And I, I like the worker style that they kind of go with. But I think that's Juden Jones. I think that's time at, at Hawaii. That's time at SMU. That's time maybe out of football that he's just like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to be free. We're going to play this thing out. And I think he always ran his programs a little professional style so he doesn't have as bad of a transition. No, I agree with that. But I, I like what they're doing in Houston, and it proved to, to do them well against Dallas. Uh, Dallas, I thought in, in a loss, showed themselves as well as they could. I mean, you just went up against the only undefeated team in the league, and 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 barring a late turnover, I a mean, you're spectacular going spectacular turnover, and, and I mean, you're going down to to either tie or win. I mean, that's the great thing about this league, you know. Just because you're down seven doesn't mean the best you can do is tie this thing up. Nope. I mean, heck, at that rate, you can win by two. Yep. Because I mean, you can go down there and do the three exactly. point play. Someone did it yesterday too, or not yesterday? There was uh, two of them. I watched. Was it Houston? I think both of those teams actually converted a three-point play. I think P.J. Walker ran one in. And then I think Dallas did one, too. Did they really? Uh-huh. I think, and I was like, wow. Because, you know, we talked about last week about pick it and go. Like, do do one points, do two points, do three points, but just do it. Yeah. Because I feel like there's been now a Now that I'm thinking there. back, I'm pretty sure P.J. Walker broke a linebacker's ankles and oh, then ran it in. Oh, he went, he went all, all uh, well. He went all P.J. Walker. I guess he's not really anybody else. But He went all P.J. <laughs> but uh, I liked the game. I, I thought 27-20 to 20 was a good representation of how that thing went. Uh, I thought, you know, balance was, was key. They had three running backs and double figures for Houston. Their leading receiver had 97 yards. P.J. Walker was 25 of 41, over 60% completion. And then on the Dallas side of things, Cameron Ar- or Dunbar and Cameron Artis-Payne, the two leading running backs at 48 and 31 yards, respectively. Landry Jones completes 66% of his passes but had three picks earlier in that game and then got hurt late and then had to bring in Nelson. But then the leading receiver, 76 yards. And then Parham, who has been the tight end that's kind of been the safety valve, he had 56 yards on six catches. So had a pretty good game. He's a monster. Yeah, he's a beast. Do you see, have you noticed anybody that's like gonna that has an opportunity to, to make that jump? Um, he's definitely one of them, and, and the reason I say that is because anytime he touches the ball and someone comes up to try to tackle him, I mean, good just, luck. Yeah, he just pfft, get away from me. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> As uh, at, we, we kind of got to finish this thing up. You know, it's six twenty-seven. 
time. Or 227 Flies. if you're listening later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, time does fly. D.C. defenders went to Tampa Bay, and I think they, they sleptwalked to Tampa. They yeah, said, listen, they Tampa's not, not that good. good. Tampa's not that good. We're going to go down there. This will be a tune-up game. We'll get, get in the second half of the season and, and kind of kind of do what we need to do. Cardell Jones played terrible. Everybody played terrible. Tampa even played terrible. And yeah. thumped Washington 25 to nothing. Not a ton to talk about unless you just really like bad news. Uh, if you're a D.C. fan or a Tampa fan, neither one look good. But if you're Tampa, you look a little better because you got that victory. Uh, Tampa – uh, got in the winning ways. The Cornelius was their uh, was their quarterback. Twenty four of thirty one, seventy seven percent completion. Uh, had one touchdown, one pick. Uh, I wonder if that completion counted. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Williams, their leading receiver, seven catches, seventy two yards, and then they did it a lot on the ground. Had two post one hundred yard running backs in D. Smith and J. Patrick, one twenty two and one oh eight respectively so they just ran it all they had over them. more yards than dc did total yeah dc had 107 yards total they only had three receivers that had any yardage and two running backs 1.9 yards per play i mean something will you teach me to football <laughs> oh hey that's that cardell jones effect oh <laughs> But your standings in the XFL look like this after week four. St. Louis Battlehawks in the East lead the way 3-1, and one, followed by D.C. Defenders 2-2, two and two, and the Guardians also at 2-2. Two and two. Tampa Bay Vipers now in the win column 1-3, and three, charging against the Guardians and the Defenders. In the West, after week four, Houston Roughnecks a little bit more control. They're 4-0 in the Western Conference. And then the Renegades 2-2, two and, two, and the Wildcats and the Dragons both at one and three, uh, still a lot of football to be played. Again, they'll play those in in conference plays uh, one more time, and then they'll get their cross divisionals uh, in as well. But uh, shapes up to be a halfway point week this upcoming week. And uh, man, it doesn't seem like we should be halfway already. No, that's crazy. But we are. But we are. Let's take us a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to stay professional. But we're going to go to the hardwood. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk LeBron and Zion. Some people say that he's the next LeBron. I say he may be the next other big man, but he's got to do it for a lot longer to be LeBron. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM. 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. To 
celebrate 100 years of outstanding economic progress in the Blunt County community, the Blunt Chamber is pulling out all the stops by bringing in America's number one corporate and private party band, Party on the Moon, to the new event venue at the Airport Hilton on Saturday, March 7th for their anniversary celebration concert and dinner. The anniversary celebration kicks off from 6 to 7 with a lively cocktail hour of music and interactive displays, followed by an outstanding buffet and three hours of non-stop performance by Party on the Moon, the 13-member band. No stuffy speeches, this live band has something for everyone. General admission tickets to the event are $100 each and can be purchased by calling 865-983-2241 or online at bluntchamber.com. The Hilton is offering discounted hotel room rates of $99 for members wishing to stay overnight, group rates of $500 for six admission tickets, and $1,000 table rates for 10 tickets. For detailed information, visit bluntchamber.com. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, we don't talk NBA much, and it's kind of on purpose because I don't really like it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. Not really fun for me. I like defense and and college basketball, and and that's one thing that really doesn't translate so much to the NBA. And a lot of people go, well, there's just a lot of better shooters. Well, they better be. It doesn't really matter whether they are or not. They could go get their own rebound. Nobody, nobody even like goes to the glass anymore. No, it's just follow your shot. Not that was so that was the rule. Follow your shot. Yeah, and they don't necessarily remember that rule. <laughs> but 
there's been two matchups so far of LeBron James and the heir apparent, Zion Williamson. Uh, LeBron has won both of these matchups in, in the fact that the L.A. Lakers have taken the 2-0. and uh, They will play more, but through two games, Zion has really kind of got his bearings uh, two nights ago, I guess. Uh, he scores 35. LeBron scores 34. Uh, LeBron has a triple-double. He has 34 points, 13 re- assists, and 12 rebounds. And Zion Williamson has 35 points. But uh, Lakers get a 122-114 to 114 win. The question comes, and it's not really about the game. It's not really about the matchup. It's about these two players. A lot of people say Zion is the next LeBron. And I think, you know, we saw the handoff with, with Jordan to Kobe, you know, when, when they played and, and Jordan kind of respected Kobe and said, you know, yeah, he is that good. He is the next guy. And there was a little bit of that that un, unspoken handoff. You know what I'm saying? And, and to me, Zion's really good. Zion is is really good, and he's huge. So the the physical nature that LeBron brings to the game, all of the 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 stature, all of the leading the team, he has the ability. The problem is, I'm just not a I'm I'm not interested in in handing things off like now. You know what I'm saying? Like what makes LeBron LeBron was not the fact that he came out of high school. There was a lot of kids that did that back in those days. There was a lot of, uh, of you know, Kevin Garnett's that came and were really good, but really wasn't that big. You, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 they did a lot of good things with worse teams and then got, got an opportunity to be with a big franchise, won a championship, and that's the legacy. LeBron has not only won everywhere he's went, but he's been the cog that changed the needle everywhere he's been. So you're you're making the point that is my exact position. To be considered the next guy, you have to change the franchise. Oh yeah. You can't change the pace of the game. You can't change the pace of you know the 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 starting five. You have to change the franchise. Everywhere LeBron has gone, like you said, he's won. He hasn't just won. I mean, he has he has turned the team around. He oh, yeah. he went for, with Cleveland. They went from nothing to championship, mm-hmm. and then you know there he was he went to like I think nine straight Eastern Conference championships. Yes. Then you go to the Heat, and there was some theatrics involved. Yes, but immediately championship. Mm. And then, you know, he goes back to Cleveland after after they fall apart when he's gone. They're tearing down, burning jerseys. I mean, they're yeah, then he comes back and they're like, Oh crap, I gotta put my jersey back together. He's yeah. back. And what happens? Back to the top again. Uh-huh. And then he leaves there and he goes to the Lakers, who are terrible. Yeah. And boom. Charles Barkley terrible. Yes. Now I think they've only got twelve losses. Oh yeah, they're they're mowing I mean, people down big time now. Yes, and and if you look at the roster, it's not it's not stellar. What? I mean, it's, it's Anthony and, Davis is his bigger biggest helper. Yeah, I mean they've got Dwight Howard, cricket. Yeah, I know. With the twist, yeah. You seen his new hairdo? No. Nah. I'm like that's uh, that's what you do when you're losing it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, what, what I'm saying is they've got a, they've got Dwight Howard, they've got Kyle Kuzma. They've got uh, a few other little pieces, but I mean, it's not it's not the star studded lineup no. that was the Heat, 
And it's not – I mean, I would argue that it's not even star-studded of a lineup as as some of those Cavalier teams. But what what's happening is because it's not that star-studded thing, it's – he is just elevating the play of where he goes. Mm. I mean, he changes that team. Well, and the thing is, is what I say is, is, is why do we have to put this on – and I'm a LeBron fan, and so so long long and short of this thing is it's going to take a lot to, to fit that bill, kind of like the, 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 the Jordan guys. You know, it, there's never going to be another Jordan. I don't care if somebody comes in and never loses a game for three years, they're not Jordan. No. You know, it's just – it is that, you know. But for LeBron, one of the – some of the mystique for me is the fact that he did it for so long and he's done it in so many different places, and he's done it so differently. Because when he was a young kid, he was raw and he was ruckus and he would just go in and, like, jam on people. And, like, that was his game. I'm bigger than you and I'm going to win. Yes. And now it's more of a – a finesse. I mean, there was times when he was back with the Cavs a few years ago. They lost games because he wanted to pass the ball too much. He wanted other people to be good. And so now he's kind of retracted that and said, listen, if I have to take games over, I'll take them over. I can't afford to just lose games when I'm this old. <laughs> like I, and, I'm just going to do what I got to do. And who does that sound like? That sounds like Kobe. Mm. That sounds like Jordan. I mean, that sounds like these guys that were like, you know what? Fine, Joe Boo. I'll do it myself. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the my favorite things from Michael Jordan, and, and it's just because of my time, you know, when I was watching. But it was his Hall of Fame induction, and they were talking about. I think it was Dean Smith, maybe, or it might have been Phil Jackson. I can't remember. Talking about having two coaches that'll teach you something. Um, he said they kept telling him, Michael, you got to settle down. You ever heard the the saying, "There's no iron team." He goes, "Yeah." He said, "But there is an iron win." And everybody, yeah. I mean, because it's literally that. But, but to me, why can't I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, and, and I, I think we talked off air about this. You know, Derrick Rose was going to be the next Kobe. Then there was going to be this guy that was the next Kobe. Then there was this guy that was the next Jordan. You know what I'm saying? It, it, there's been all these guys that come out. Dwight Howard was going to be great. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Back in his Orlando days. You, you know. But he's not the next Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's reasons why people are special. But what I'm getting at is why why can't why can't Zion be the next Gianna? You, you know, Gianna or whatever, Greek freak. Right. You know, why can't he be the next Dwight Howard's impact in Orlando? Why can't he be the next – why can't he just be the next Zion? How about that? How about he just be Zion? I think but, that's what he needs to be. Is and, he just needs to be himself. And the thing is, is if over a 10-year stretch he's winning championships and getting them deep in the playoffs and whatever, then come back to this conversation. To me, he's 19 years old. To even have that shadow to even look at is too much for him. I mean, he's in New Orleans. It's not the, the best of scenarios. Even with Cleveland, they had history of success. It was long-gone history, but it was history nonetheless. The Pelicans... I mean, they've got some wins under Anthony Davis, but that's I mean, that's it. Yeah, why can't why can't Zion look like the next Anthony Davis, you know? He he definitely played out of the last the two matchups with LA. That was his highest point totals. So I think he was if he was doing anything, he was definitely pushing during those games. Well, and I think rising to the occasions part of what makes people great. Yeah. You, you know, so I, I think that conversation needs to be had, but but to and I know it's 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 made for TV drama. I know it's it's what is hot right now. But to me, I'm not a Zion fan. I I've, I appreciate Duke after going to 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 Cameron there a few months back. But nonetheless, I mean it's it's one of those situations where 
Zion needs to be Zion. I think sometimes the weight of being the next great weighs on these young kids, and then next thing you know, yeah, it's ten years into their 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 you know into their tenure, and they're clinging to a roster spot. I mean, yeah. they're barely in there, and they've had a lot of injuries and things like that. And Zion's body has not been good to him so far. That's another no. thing that LeBron had for what fifteen years. And then he had a growing injury. I mean, you look at this. There's not a there's not a handful of NBA players that don't miss double digit games every year no. for just ticky tack things. And LeBron takes maintenance days. I mean, that's the league that we live in. Y'all never forget. I was looking at uh, going to Atlanta to see LeBron come with the Cavaliers, and I I just went against it because it was literally like seventeen dollars the night before LeBron got there, seventeen dollars the night after LeBron left but it was like $300 the night LeBron was there. And I'm just like, I like you, but you look, you're a lot closer to me on TV. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that does it. But he took a maintenance day that day. Right. And a lot of people paid $300 to go see LeBron sitting there in his suit. Hey, I tell you what, he is a huge cheerleader on that sideline. Oh, yeah. that, that I saw highlights from, there was a game that looked like Anthony Davis took over mm-hmm. when LeBron wasn't playing. And I can't remember who they were playing. But LeBron, I mean, he was he like seven-foot Bruce Pearl on the sideline. Yeah. Wow. Sweating and all. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I think LeBron is, is he's a shadow that's getting cast over the NBA. And, and I mean, I, I think it's, it's not unrealistic to say his years left are a lot less than the years he's put in. Yes. Uh, and, and in that, I think anybody's looking to who's the next guy. I think Greek Freak is kind of, you know, one that's putting a piece in there. They want Zion to be that guy. They want Anthony Davis to continue to be great. They want the Warriors to come back and Steph Curry and those guys be good. But I think this is an opportunity or an attempt uh, to get some talk started that that takes the weight off of LeBron's exit. Because, I I mean, I would argue that, that LeBron's three years away. Uh, and I think that's a lot considering how long he's played already. Oh, this, yeah. is, this is season 16. So the fact wow. that, uh, you know, we're looking at, at possibly a 20-year basketball player and a and a, and let's just, all of the accolades that come with that. Uh, and I really think the way the Lakers are playing, he can put another championship. He gets 20 years. Does he get a pension? <laughs> I think he's got plenty of money. <laughs> <laughs> money is not, you know, 99 problems, but money ain't one. Yeah. Right? But – um but I will say this. I will say uh, uh, if LeBron wins a championship with three different franchises, I think conversation's over. I agree. Over. And I hope people disagree with me, but uh, just don't say really bad words. You know, <laughs> here's the thing. I, it's theirs to lose this season, at least this season. I, I mean, mean, I don't see anybody that, that can compete with them in the West, and then, and then the teams in the East are going to beat each other up. They so are. I don't, I don't and, know. And here's the kicker. Seven-game series. That's what, that's what you're looking at. You're going to tell me that you're going to go out there and you're going to beat LeBron four out of those seven games? Tough stretch. I don't, I don't see it. And even if you beat LeBron, can you beat Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis. Anthony, you know, Kyle Kuzma, he, he's the funniest-looking feller out there, but he'll flat knock him down. Yeah. And that's why LeBron likes him. But, hey, let's get off this topic and talk Vols and Cats on the flip side of the break. we got just a few minutes to go, but we got to get one more break in. Listen to these fine sponsors. We'll be back. Talk Tennessee and Kentucky, match number two in Rupp Arena. We'll talk it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind. We'll be right back. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. When you bring the kids to Rule King, they always love grabbing some free popcorn and following the tracks to look at the chicks. And there's never been a better time to check out the chick tanks because it's chick days at Rule King. Whether you prefer turkeys, ducks, guineas, geese, meat, birds, pullets, or want to order any of 150 other breeds, with Rule King, poultry is made easy. So come out to Chick Days where assorted chicks started just $1.99. Only at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month, and main support receives 20% of all sales. Spring fishing is upon us. I'm Don King for your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, reminding you to schedule some time to unplug and spend a day outdoors. Take someone you love to one of the many beautiful fishing spots we've been blessed with here in Tennessee. Visit tnwildlife.org to find one near you. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch the grind, not in its normal programming. If you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything the grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back to the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out right here at the last eight minutes of the show. Tennessee, Kentucky tonight, Jeff. Uh, a lot to be had if you're listening later in the day. Uh, you know, I hope you're gearing up for what is, is, is to be a good performance by the Vols. 
9 o'clock start time. Not really excited about that. I don't know how – like, I get it when you go to L.A. and you have a 9 o'clock start time, you know, because it's kind of – you got to let them people get off work. I get that whole dynamic. But when it's Lexington, Kentucky, or Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's a 9 o'clock start, I'm like – what are you gaining here? Yeah, who who are you marketing this to? Well, I mean, unless you're marketing it to TV ratings in California. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, I don't understand. And and maybe, you know, there's a lot of Kentucky fans everywhere. There's a lot of Tennessee fans everywhere. So, and this is a matchup that people like to watch. But, uh, you know, I here's my, here's my spiel because we got about seven minutes. Tennessee can play good enough to win. There's the, the statement. Drop it. Boom. Tennessee can play good enough to win tonight. Tennessee will have to play that good to win tonight. Because here's the thing. Kentucky's playing their best basketball right now. They have one and two in the SEC Player of the Year market on their team. They'll play tonight. Three of the best guards in the conference. They have a lot of and, – and you don't normally say this about a Calipari team. They have some age and some some elder statesmen that helps. Richards – is a guy that's playing for player of the year, and he's one of the smarter big men in the league, if not in the country. Uh, they're playing really good basketball right now. It's at Rupp. They're going to get the whistle. So I think it's going to be a tough sled for Tennessee. But but not so fast, right? Uh, I think Fulkerson on a, on a really good night, a 22-point night the way he did against the Gators, uh, that helps you have a chance. I think Josiah Jordan-James, if he can get hot from the three-point line the way he did in the first half, he needs to stay alive in the second half. But, you know, that helps you a lot. Jordan Bowden seems to be out of his slump. I mean, he scored in double figures, I think, I want to say like seven straight games. So that's good. And and four of those have been 16 or more points. So that's helpful. And then Santiago Vescovi against Florida didn't turn it over but one time, and that happened in the first 30 seconds of the ballgame. So all of those dynamics give you hope. And it gives me hope. And I have orange-colored glasses, so it doesn't take a lot with me. But the Cats are playing really good basketball right now. I think the best option for Tennessee is to take a hockey approach, start your fourth line, immediately get into a fight with Kentucky's starting lineup, everybody gets ejected, and then you play the game. I will say, if we could put Plovsic in to get rid of Richards, that makes a big difference. (laughs) That would be huge, but but I you know I don't know what Tennessee's what their mindset's going to be. Again, you you squeak out a, a big win against Florida, and I think that's something to be praised. I think that's something to be happy about because you can really I don't want to say you can let down, but but it really shows that we can win. We can hold on to a lead. Tennessee needs to go into this with the mindset of yes, we're the underdog. Nobody expects us to win. Play our heart out. Don't leave anything on the table. Go out there. Play your game. Try to play the best ball you can play. All the pressure's on Kentucky. Well, that's what I was about to say. I love that fact because nobody expects you to win, so no. why do you have any pressure? Exactly. They're no th- pressure. They're thinking like that. Go out there and have fun. Now, that's what you need to do. How, how big of a, a proponent – and, again, Tennessee plays a, a – when I say they play a tough brand, I don't think they're any any harder playing than, than a lot of people. We just look more awkward doing it. Yeah, you know we've got a lot of young players. We've got you know some people that pl- kind of play a little bit out of position, but here's what I'm uh, here's what I think dictates the game. If they let us play, if they let Folky ha- get a little bit more physical because he doesn't have the physical stature to match, then we might be fine. We make him battle for a little while. We may be able to push Kentucky to the limit. 
and then just see what happens. They've got some young players too. But I'm nervous that it's in Lexington. If this game was in Knoxville, if we if we squeaked it out there and, and kind of came away with the loss in, in Lexington earlier in the season and this game was in Knoxville, I feel pretty good. Because Tennessee, yeah. just Tennessee would – I don't want to say they'll get the whistle in Knoxville, but I, I feel like against Blue Bloods, and when I say Blue Bloods, Dukes, Kentuckys, Kansas, et cetera, uh, when it's at their place, it's hard to beat the whistle because you got to play five guys on the floor and the stripes. Yeah, and, that's and, true. And I'm, I'm interested in that dynamic. I, I think you know one of the keys to a loss, if, if Tennessee's not going to be able to pull this out, is if Fulkerson, with 10 minutes to go in the first half, sits on the bench with two fouls. Yeah, that won't be good. Now, I it, the environment is definitely going to play a big role, and you just have to push through that. Now, the X factor, yeah, I think, is Plovsic. And I know everybody's like, he's played like four minutes the last three games. What are you talking about? Put him out there. No yeah. pressure. Let him get two fouls early. That's a good Because it's amazing how in the middle portion of a game, it doesn't matter who you're playing or what it is, when they feel a lot more comfortable in that 10 minutes to go in the first half and the first 10 – of the they call it the middle twenty, last ten in the first half, first ten in the second half. It's almost like that's when the refs swallow whistles. They want to really make sure they set the tone early in the first ten minutes and really kind of temper any kind of emotion. And then in the last ten minutes, it's a, it's about us, right? And and I think if if we can play that middle twenty tough, get Plovsic in there, let him beat and bang around with Richards a little bit, maybe get Richards in foul trouble. Uh, I think I think that could be a dynamic that that really could sit, neutralize this game. Now now we're gonna have to defend the three, and Kentucky can knock it down from anywhere. But if they get cold, we need to take advantage of it. Yeah, I right. I mean I think I think with about a minute and a half to go, we'll we'll make our picks. I got to go with the Cats tonight, and, and the thing is, it's not because I don't want Tennessee to win. <laughs> if I love being wrong in these moments, but it's just it's one of those things. Are, we we have enough horses to win. They're just not grown enough. Yeah, I go cats also. I mean, you listed off about a million reasons why. You know, they're they've got number one and number two. They're you know they're playing their best ball. We do have Eve Ponds though. He might swat about seventeen of them. Yeah, doubt it. But it at least one by the sure. <laughs> what is it? What do they call that? The the sure volumes. Um, I don't know. It's like correlation of volumes. If they shoot the ball 70 times, he's bound to get a few of them. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's he's done it in like 36 or 37 straight games. Yeah. So I think he's going to get at least one. Yeah. He'll swap one. But I, I think I think the Cats are, are, are going to have a good day. But, but again, I'm going to hope that I'm wrong all day long. And, and I hope that, that when Tennessee shows up that they understand the pressure's on Kentucky. You have an opportunity – to break down Kentucky, they they're not they're not being exposed as an opportunity to knock off Tennessee. No. And granted, you want to get back into that situation to where it's literally a letdown for both teams to lose this game. But Tennessee needs to go up there and say, "Listen, nobody expects us to win. Play our hearts out, see what happens, and you know what? We'll go back home and play Auburn on Saturday. Auburn yeah. will be waiting on us on Saturday, no matter win or lose. Exactly. So I think you got to take that mindset. You got to take that mentality." And you got to take the battle to Kentucky for 40 minutes. But uh, we've run out of time. We're going to get on out of here. Top of the hour, Jason Swain and the Swain event. And what is a block of sports right here in your source in Blount County, WKVL. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on. We'll be back tomorrow.
You don't want to miss it.